0: to Gapology Radio with your hosts
1: Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff.
0: This is your leadership development podcast where they share unique insights with the purpose of helping leaders achieve their greatest potential. You can learn more by reading their books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose, or by participating in one of their workshops. All of this and more can be found on their website, Gapology.org.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. If you're enjoying these podcasts and want a simple way to get a summary of the content that we discuss in an easy-to-navigate way, check out our blog series, The Gapology Angle, on our website, gapology.org. In these posts, we provide specific actionable steps using our methods to tackle the everyday situations that leaders face in their real world. So head on over there for these tips to help put our podcast teachings to work for you. All right, now let's go ahead and kick off tonight's show with Judy and Mark. Hey, Judy. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Hey,
0: great. How are you?
2: Good, good. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey Judy. Mark. Hey. hey. <laughs> uh, so um, are you guys ready for a fun podcast? We are ready. All right, cool. Well, tonight I thought we'd discuss the topic of developing organizational talent. How's that sound?
0: Sounds very, very timely. Really great.
1: Good. My favorite topic.
2: Mm-hmm. Good, good. Well, so just to give you a little background. So this topic came up recently in a conversation that I was having with a leader that I know, uh, kind of a mid-tier leader. And he was sharing that he had this need for someone with a specific skill set for a project that he was being asked to lead. And I asked him if he had thought about the idea of exploring other team members from other work units on, on, in his organization to see if anyone else had that specific skill within the organization uh, that could join the project, at least for a period of time or be a consultant on it or something like that. And the surprising thing was that he hadn't even really thought about that. And he was gonna actually start looking externally or looking at contractors and things like that. And I thought, what a missed opportunity for internal growth. Uh, Miss opportunity for cross-functional partnerships and really the overall development of the organizational talent. So I thought that we could address this challenge from our gapology angle. What do you guys think? I think absolutely. Yeah, good. So Mark, would you like to kick this off?
1: Yeah. So this uh, the scenario you described sounds like a knowledge gap.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So
1: as leaders, we've got to know about the talent that we have within within the organization? What are the skills? What are the desires you know, for career pathing going forward? And when, when we do that, we develop a culture of development and that in and, of, in and of itself closes knowledge gaps pretty substantially. Picture an organization where there were developmental plans you know, by individual. You know, that might overcome that. So within any organization, there is a lot of skill sets. And they're cross-functional. And even if they don't fit the project, they know the people that do. And what's often missed and what often creates the knowledge gap is not asking, hey, who do you know? Who do you know? Because that group in that other department know somebody that's perfect for that, even if they're not. So it's often right within and it's part of a culture of, of, you know, a culture of development. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Judy?
0: I completely agree. I mean, I think that especially, I mean, even in smaller organizations, I think this exists, but especially in larger ones where, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people may not know. I mean, they may not ask the questions, you know, and like you said, there becomes a culture of growth and opportunity. And you know that you're always welcome to ask about other opportunities in other departments because people welcome people going cross-functional and learning. I think cross-functional development um, is so important. And I know we'll get more into this in our discussion tonight, but especially right now where kind of this war on talent is like so strong. Like it's hard to find great people to come to your organization. So if you have people that fit your culture and have like a dedication to your organization and can learn, you know, it is well worth your um, time and effort to be working to find out how you can grow them within your company. Because it is hard to find just new people to just like on a dime come and join you.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, and I think with the connection to to the organization's culture and their purpose, you might have that connection already which that's stuff's hard to teach. So if you had somebody that was already connected to your purpose, but and and had the desire to learn some new things and then had that that base skill set that you're looking for, I think having an open door and being Willing to have those conversations ahead of time provides you with some people who are ready to go.
1: Yeah. Picture an organization putting out a notice that, hey, we are looking for someone who wants a special assignment, who wants a captainship to oversee a project. You would get people signing up. Yeah. And through that, you would find out that they have a skill set that you didn't know about. And through that, you know, through that captainship, through that special assignment, they develop their career, they develop their brand, they develop their reputation, and it changes their career forever. Simply by notifying the organization, hey, we're looking for somebody. Worst case scenario, they say, I know somebody. But in many cases, they're going to say, hey, I would love to be the captain overseeing that project. And it really becomes special it becomes something that can be used by those leaders to develop that individual. And certainly they begin seeing them in a different light. So it can be it can be pretty amazing. So think about um, a group having special assignments notified to the organization, having captainships, which I don't hear much of today. It can really be significant. We used to do that, Brian, back in the day. Remember that, Judy? We'd have someone captain, A specific metric or a specific project, and it was big for them. It was fun for them. Right, Judy. What do you What do you remember?
0: No, I I definitely agree, and especially in especially in the larger companies that I was part of, there were more of the cross functional teams, and I think it was really important. I think just you know we talk a lot about culture and creating that culture of encouraging people that. We don't need them siloed in our one area, like they don't have to stay with me forever to make them successful. As a matter of fact, if I'm willing to let them go a little bit and encourage them, they may eventually leave my department. But if I'm really part of that culture that encourages being part of the greater than just my little area, you know, we can really have um, great development within the organization where people will volunteer they're not afraid they know that you know if they can risk something try something they can always come back home no it doesn't (laughs) seem to be what they expected it to be but I think that's a lot of building that culture of a bigger bigger than your department bigger than yourself which creates just an amazing culture um But yeah, we definitely had a lot of people that you had known perhaps in the individual role they were doing in your department, you might not know the skills they really possessed until they were part of this team. And it's like, wow, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, so so true. You see them in a different light. Totally. And and you're able to coach them when they're in charge of that special assignment and and help them develop in a totally different way. Yep. That's a great point.
2: Yeah. And I think you know, there is this fear that I always hear about silos, right, right, between departments. And what a great way to start breaking down some of those silos than to build these cross-functional programs that you can start pulling people from different areas to really drive different initiatives. And thinking about the, you know, specifically the the knowledge gap, you know, I think it's important that we define a regular process for identifying existing skills And like Mark, like you were saying, career aspirations, but, you know, and we don't even know what people are going to school for. They might be working in the sales department and maybe they're going to school for marketing. What a great opportunity for them to, to jump in and start helping and starting putting, put some of those, uh, you know, learning pieces to work, helping our team, but at the same time growing.
1: Absolutely. The other tool that uh, Judy taught me was the nine box. Yeah. So, The nine box is a simple grid of nine boxes, three across, three, three up. And it measures someone's performance against their potential. And you plug everyone into a box. And from that, the leaders learn what their role is. It's not about the people that are plugged into the boxes. It's about what the leader uh, can do. So a high performer with potential to be promoted needs special assignments, needs to be challenged needs these captainships we're talking about and uh, they may need a developmental plan as well to, you know to get to that next level. So we uh, we learned to nine box every quarter our teams so that we were as leaders uh, effectively serving the team and developing everyone to their fullest potential you know as, as gapology sets out to do. So the nine box is an excellent tool that can be used to facilitate what you're describing, Brian.
0: Yeah, uh, Mark, that's so important because as you mentioned, you know, your high potential people do have different needs than your people that are, you know, they don't really want to be like in charge of the company. They, they love the company. They're, you know, really very satisfied maybe in their, individual role. So they have a different need than the person that wants to like move up. And, you know, so if we understand that, you know, if we have those conversations or we have regular meetings and regular situations where we do nine box or at minimal conversations with people, um, you know, we find out what people are looking for and how we can satisfy those needs within our organization. Because if we talk about things and are making an effort to find out what they want and satisfy them, we're much more likely to keep them growing within our organization. Um, Otherwise, people like right now, especially, I mean, not for nothing, it is a different time than we were living in five years ago. So we have to make every effort to understand what people are looking for and see how we can satisfy within our own organizations, or they will go somewhere else to find that need fulfilled
1: again yeah, it's not always about compensation often about growth and development yeah people want to and feel satisfied with their day satisfied yeah. with their week knowing that they make a contribution
0: right yeah and i have a big um thought on that and bias on that cuz so many times you know somebody will leave and they'll say hey i'm going to go to this other organization and they're going to pay me this much money and so people are always like okay they left for money not necessarily. You know, there was something that led them to be looking and leaving in the first place. And they know they're taking a risk when they go to a new place. But most people, if they are going to take that risk, they're going to go for more money. But people always want to classify that as they left for the money. And I don't really think, I think money certainly is important, but it's something that what I've learned over time is that people get used to their new income very quickly. And the same issues that bug them before bug them in like a month after they get <laughs> used to that new salary. So it's, you can't just classify everything there. Although it's important to understand and all that kind of stuff, especially right now at these lower job levels where people are making a lot more money than people did a year ago. Right.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of it goes back to what we had a podcast two weeks ago on is really engagement. Right. Right. So, so the money is one element, but that's just one element. You know, what is that engagement level like? I think that's critical. And when we look at, uh, you know, some of those human needs, you know, people want to grow, right? People want to be developed. And uh, I was thinking about the importance gap here. So if we make professional development an expectation and we prioritize it, along with other measurables uh, that deliver our organizational purpose, that's going to help drive that in imp- Importance gap closed. So, you know, how do we do that? I think, I think having some sort of formal process for that, being strategic around it is really critical.
1: Yeah, one of the things we did to close the importance gap was we defined by role what the five core competencies needed to be. And so if you if you look at each role in the organization and you define, and again, five's our number, it could be something different than that. But if you define the core competencies that are required for that role, and you begin measuring the team then within those five core competencies for that role, it closes the importance gap with the leaders because it becomes extremely clear where we're winning, what the gaps are, uh, et cetera. And um, once you know those core competencies, and, and they're often very present in your top performers already. So they are right there in front of you. If you haven't defined them yet, they're there. And it it makes it very clear what you need to do and what matters and the type of development that you need to move the organization forward once you've defined those five core competencies, you know, by, by role.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important, Mark. And I think that A lot of times organizations grow and all of a sudden they start having these different levels. They have a manager and a director and a senior director and a vice president and an associate vice president and a senior vice president. And (laughs) and people are like, so what is the difference? And what do I need to be doing to be getting to those levels? And I think that it's a strong organization when they take a step back and say, this is what we expect at these different levels. And there's different expectations within those core competencies at these different levels and it I think people sometimes are just under pressure because they're trying to keep people and they give them a title like a senior director instead of a director um, and they don't really define what the expectation is at each of those levels and I think they really need to do that and then be able to sit down and talk to people about, these are the core competencies that we're, we have expectations around. Here's how you're doing. Here's how we can develop you. Here's where you're fabulous. Um, but it begins, if you don't define those in the first place and say what's different at different levels, then it's it's hard to have people meet those expectations if you haven't defined them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You have to have those set before you even start hiring. <laughs> you know, I mean, that really needs to be built into the job description that needs to be what you're looking for. And then that's what you develop toward as well. So, and and I love that. So so then when you're at the director level, you can see what the expectations are for the senior director. And then that's what the organization can build talent development programs around, Right. You know, create importance around that. And uh, that really helps to develop this whole organizational talent thing.
1: The, yeah. the one thing that's different than that, um, that I've seen is that sometimes you don't really know what the core competencies are. And if you go to your top performers, if you go to those that are achieving and exceeding the metrics that you expect and define what their skills are, how they're winning, it can change uh, your view of that. And uh, so it it does need to be reevaluated.
0: Yeah. I think you are, 100% one hundred percent right, and I think that's really so foundational to what gapology is all about. Like, who were the people that were winning, and what were they doing, and how yeah. do you get people to that level? And you're right. I mean, it's it is great to sit down and define things, but then when you just see who is doing such an amazing job and what really are they doing. You know, and you did that in a really phenomenal way with Gapology when you first put all of the pieces together with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then with the action gap, I was really thinking about when it came to to closing the action gap, I think there it's really a lot about the culture that you're creating. So are you providing recognition for people who do partner cross-functionally, people who are part of... Um, internal projects that have some sort of success?
1: One of the things that I thought of, which is a little different than that, is the tools that we offered in Gapology. An example would be the habit ladder. So when we gave the habit ladder to specific leaders, they became crazy successful in their role. So the habit ladder was a tool that created action. Uh, For any of you that don't know, the Habit Ladder is in Gapology, but the Habit Ladder became a worldwide tool for creating action in a group. And so, so teaching the Habit Ladder to a group of leaders creates action. They'll use it differently, but it can literally improve execution, improve results, and create an action that you would not see but the leaders who are using it can see it. Uh, We saw similar results with the commitment ladder. So the commitment ladder, again, a tool, exclusive to Gapology, as is the habit ladder, Uh, given to leaders, became a tool of action that caused them to move uh, where where they couldn't see it before. It was something that uh, eliminated roadblocks in some way, Brian, you may know more about how it worked, but uh, we had a, a Fortune 25 company roll those worldwide, and they worked, they worked in the sales division, they worked in the manufacturing area, they worked mm-hmm. everywhere, and given to leaders, they created action. So sometimes it's up to us as leaders to provide tools. And those are two of the tools in Gapology that simply work.
0: For anyone who hasn't read Gapology, I mean, this goes back many, many, many years ago when Mark and I first met and he had me read the draft of Gapology. There is a simplicity to how things are explained. And I had read so many books on execution. And when Market asked me, would you like review this book? And, and I'm like, I'm like way too busy, but I'll try. And then I couldn't put it down. And it was in its simplicity. And it was in the commitment ladder that you're like, oh, now I see the difference between the people that are grudgingly compliant and that are really like putting all everything, they're genuinely compliant. They're giving it all. And you, you know, you, the habit ladder where you think that, because you say, hey, here's how we're going to do things that people are going to do them this way. And it doesn't work that way. It's like things become a habit sequentially. And this the, that's just what Gapology is all about. It is about um, very simply defining things and showing how you can see improvement in execution and results by seeing improvements in these areas like commitment ladder and habit a ladder. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Judy. <gasps> yeah, and yeah. I, I definitely agree with the um, with all of that. And I think the commitment ladder is a great way to to really judge. First of all, engagement, like we mentioned earlier, um, but it's a good way to look for people who potentially would be open to a development um, opportunity within the organization. It would be a great place to start. Right.
1: Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know what he's describing is you could literally plug your team into the commitment ladder and you would you would know where your team is, which as a leader gives you incredible insight into what to do next. You know how to create action. The habit ladder is a simple method of how to create operational efficiency on a given set of skills. And uh, it, it, it just simply works. But uh, those create action. So at the end of the day, gapology is all about, you know, creating uh, development and creating a culture of development, an organization of development, and uh, moving the team forward. And there's probably more tools in there than someone could use over the course of a decade, don't you think, Don't you think, Brian?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think looking through those, I mean, there's going to be some that you connect with and, and uh, you know, situationally, I think there's something you can connect with to really solve just about anything. And that's part of the reason why I like to do these podcasts, because we're trying to take different situations that different leaders are experiencing on a day-to-day basis and really applying Gapology to help solve some of those things. You know, we're taking what some might consider theoretical and making it real. And uh, I I think that's really the power of this podcast is being able to go through and talk through some of these things.
0: Yeah. Well, Uh, I, I just think that it's when especially tonight's topic of developing your organizational talent. I mean, if you just think about everything that people do to try to recruit someone to your organization, you know, you put all the effort there, you get them there. Like now that they're there and they're committed to you, let's prove yourself and let's like find out what they really are looking to do and how can you utilize their talents and help them grow and develop. If they decide that they don't want to and you put everything forward and and they're not going to, you know, want to move forward, that's one thing. But I think most people are going to have, if asked, you're going to find out what they're looking for and you can often really engage them with your organization, keep them growing
2: totally that's a great
1: point it costs it costs so much money to recruit people today right why not retain and develop the people that you have
0: right well if they fit with your culture or you think they do you know until they prove they don't let's just make that assumption and keep moving them forward and engaging them as much as we can
2: yeah well said Yep. definitely
0: write that down
2: (laughs) i got it i got it judy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right any uh final thoughts i think this is really great guys well my no. final
1: thought would be that this is more important than ever
2: exactly and 100. judy was
1: talking about yeah. how tough the job market is out there yeah and uh so we've we've got to be really good at this as leaders in order to win today
2: right definitely yeah. absolutely okay all right well, thanks for another great podcast guys Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Brian. Have a great night. See ya. Bye. All right, that'll do it from here. For more information on our books, our workshops, our blog, training course, or even our new Gapology apparel, head on over to our website, Gapology.org. Everyone have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. This
0: has been a Gapology Institute production. Visit us at Gapology.org.